welcome to another more interesting episode. <laughs> you get another break. Exactly. I love that. Phone a chat. <laughs> and this interview is with Trevor McAlpeet. Yeah. He's one of the guides at Wild Eye. Yeah. And uh, it's also from Africa for anybody. Exactly. <laughs> Disclosure. Yeah. We recorded this one in Mana Pools. Yeah, cool. So we're on. In the pool? Not in the You're like, fuck. Go to your room. <laughs> you this just bought yourself a ton, of young lady. <laughs> I'll go in the fucking closet <laughs> exactly, underneath the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> this interview, it was at Mana Pools. We were in the lodge, but on the upper level, they have like a lounge area. Mm-hmm. And it was cool because we had elephants walking by and everything cool. like that. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I watched it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. These, so, these Africa podcasts are, are bitching. So yes. you guys need to watch them. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. Well, after, right now. after we Three, say. Three, two, one. Here's Trevor. <laughs> Alrighty. Welcome to F That Photo Chat, Africa edition. Nice. And today we've got Trevor with us. Hello, everybody. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want to know? What do you do? Okay, so... Aside from nothing much. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I'm a photographic guide and expedition leader. So, what what we do is I work for a company called Wild Eye. And um, we pretty much do safaris and tours all over the world. Um, We're slowly expanding and obviously increasing the destinations um, as we grow we a company that's been going for about 11 years now um, and yeah I've been a part of the journey for five of those years and it's been absolutely incredible I mean the the places that we get to go and see and experience with guests are just phenomenal like where we're sitting right now in minor pools in the middle of Zimbabwe middle of Africa middle of nowhere yeah it's it's unbelievable Um, so I've been doing that for just over five years now um, before that, I was a full-time guide. Um, so what that means is that um, I was based at a lodge. Um, so I'm from South Africa, um, so southern tip of, of Africa. And I would be, I was a full-time guide for just over nine years. And that meant that I was based in the lodge. And the cycles that I worked was pretty much two, uh, six weeks on, two weeks off. So I would guide for six weeks, which is, works out to be about 43 days or so. And then you get two weeks off. Um, and I did that, like I mentioned, for just over nine years and then decided I wanted to try something else. Yep. Um, but a little bit about my background, I, I grew up close to the Kruger National Park, which lies on the northeastern side of, of South Africa. My, my mother was involved in the lodge industry from when I was two years old. Um, my brother was a guide, well, and still is a guide and lodge, lodge manager now. And um, so ever since I can remember, all I, all I ever wanted to do was be out in the bush. I mean, the bush is where I'm happiest. Um, it's where my passion lies. I really enjoyed sport growing up. Um, and I had a couple of options after school with that. But I, I decided that my passion for wildlife and being out in the bush was far greater than that of what I had for sport. I still yeah. enjoy sport. Um, and I don't regret my decision at all because it's led me on an incredible journey. Um, and yeah, it's led me to this point where we're sitting here on the couch now in the middle of Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. this is wild. Like, yeah, I was just looking here. There's an elephant over there. A couple, oh, two of them. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Zambezi River right there. This is incredible. And, like, this is your office. It is, like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you must meet some interesting people. We do. We yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to one of them. <laughs> um, no, we do. But but part of part of this is uh, when when you a full time guide and when you doing what I'm doing now is it's not just the love for wildlife that you have to have. You've got to have a love for people as yeah. well. Um, and you also have to have a lot of patience, a lot of patience. Um, but it's it's all part of the experience. And I think it's it's like anything that you do. Um, there's there's pros and cons, right? Yeah. Um, whether it's working with people or whether it's something completely different, there's always going to be things that you really enjoy about your job, and there's going to be things that you don't like about your job. And um, with with this, you come, you say interesting people. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of the time we have phenomenal guests uh, who understand the process and that all starts, that's what I really enjoy about our company is that um, everybody is full-time employed and from the moment you are in touch with the logistics ladies um, or one of the guides looking to book a trip, um, we, we try and set your expectation for that safari. Um, just so that when guests arrive, they know what they're in for, because uh, it can go the opposite way. And I had it when I was a lodge-based guide, where I think I, I probably had more difficult guests when I was a lodge-based guide, just because people would book on their own or just book through an agent, um, and there wasn't the the personal touch and the personal connection with 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 someone that you're traveling with, yeah. which I think is key. And um, it's the most amazing job in the world when you have easygoing guests. But it, when you've got difficult guests who, you know, don't really, well, their expectation is too high or it's, it's very different to, to what they thought it would be, then it becomes really challenging and, and it can be it can be difficult at times. Yeah. And tiring, I'm sure. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm why a- you look so tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> wow, thank you. Um, no, I, it is, you know, so, so like I said, there's pros and cons to everything and um, like for myself this year, I'm traveling over 150 days of the year. So yeah, for a over 150 days of the year, I'm away from home. Yeah. Um, so it is a bit of a con, but at the same time, there is a pro to it because of the different destinations I get to, to visit. And um, it was one of the big factors why I left the, the guiding industry full time was um, because yes, you're based at one lodge and it's, it's a completely different lifestyle and it's a great lifestyle, but doing what I'm doing now I get to explore a variety of different destinations yeah um, you know anything from Uganda to Kenya to India to South Africa to Zimbabwe it's it's, it's such a variety small all, bird if Jerry lets you which will probably never happen <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's such a variety of different destinations and I think that's part of it I know that we had a brief discussion over dinner but about staying stimulated in, in, in what you do and yeah. you've got to you've got to enjoy what you do and I think being a guide traveling to these different destinations you do stay stimulated mm-hmm. um, because there's different there's different things in every every destination I mean you've just come from a week in the Mara with us yeah. to Zimbabwe you can't compare the two experiences oh god no no, uh, you, you can't. Um, it's just impossible. It's completely different. Yeah. But both incredible experiences. Yes. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So I really do enjoy what I what I do, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be doing it. Yeah. So what uh, what would be the 
your highlight for what we've done so far in the past two weeks? Are you talking sartings wise? Or... <laughs> you, you know, uh, yes, yeah. Um, next question. <laughs> um, no, I think it's it's hard it's hard to do it, to say what what my highlight really is because there's a, such a variety to it right so we like i mentioned earlier you've got to have a passion for wildlife but you've also got to have that passion for people yeah. and being able to you know so this is a private safari with yourself and sue yeah. you've got to be able to sit and enjoy meals together and enjoy each other's company almost 24 hours a day yeah i mean oh, yeah. we only really separated when we sleep exactly um so i think i think part of the highlight is taking people to these destinations and seeing the enjoyment that they get out of it yeah um that's the people side of it you know we we came here to minor pools and there's some unique things here that you don't necessarily get in other reserves like mm -hmm. an elephant standing on its back legs yeah which was one of your requests yeah and um, we got that the first two mornings yeah 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 like the first two crazy. mornings um, so I think a highlight I would say is even even from the, from the Mara is, is the people side of it is to see the enjoyment that people get out of the experiences that yeah. you provide and um, the other highlight of it is obviously being out in the bush you know I, as much as, as I, I love the city and I've got a three-year-old little girl at home which I miss dearly when I travel I get a bit of the best of both worlds yeah um, you know I get that downtime and I get to spend time at home um, but for me ever since I was two years old the bush has always felt like home to me yeah um, so a highlight for me is something simple as you know just sitting outside my room for 10 minutes and having an elephant walk by and just enjoying that moment all on my own yeah you know <laughs> it, it's something something simple but it goes a long way for me you know it's not just sitting there watching an elephant it's sitting there and i know we we've, we've discussed it briefly before but it's sitting there and just embracing the moment it's not just an elephant walking in front of your room it's you sitting in the middle of minor pools in the middle of africa middle of nowhere watching an elephant i mean life doesn't get much better than that. exactly it yeah. really it really it's just doesn't. like the people watching this the two or three people that are watching this <laughs> it's a lot of effort for those two people I know, so right? i hope they enjoy it <laughs> but you, you say like it's just an elephant walking by and like there's so many people in the world that will never be able to experience, experience that. that like seeing an elephant a in the wild yeah and being that close to an yeah. elephant like most yeah. people just see them in the zoo or whatever yeah exactly so. exactly it, 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 you hit the nail on the head there and i think it's it's something that um, I've seen in, in older guys in, in older guides lodge based where you know they kind of get stuck in a rut and they set up set up shop you can call it they have their family and everything at the lodge have, most guides haven't really studied anything else we've just kind of gone into the industry and you know you look 15 years ago it was something where guides were doing it for a year or two as, as a gap gap year kind of thing just you know go and enjoy the bush for a year yeah whereas now it's become something that you can do full-time but 
you've got to be very careful about losing that passion for for the bush yeah and um it was one of the reason another reason why i, I left guiding full-time was because i had been guiding around guys who were a lot older than me and had their families and everything and you could see they were kind of just going through the motions and <clears throat> i've been fortunate enough to um been doing this for 15 years now and I still love it as if it's the first day um, and I've never wanted to get to the point where my alarm goes off in the morning and I get up and I think oh, shit you know another another game drive like I really just want to be home I don't want to be doing this I never want to get to that point yeah because then I know that I'm done and the bush has been incredible to me in so many different ways with the different experiences and that that I've had that I never want that to go away. Yeah. Um, I always want to remember the bush for how I've remembered it through my whole life. And um, I think moving out of full-time guiding into doing what I'm doing now has allowed me that opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I went, I went to India earlier this year for the first time ever. And it was, it, it was a great reminder for me, actually. Um, especially, I'm not going to bring COVID into it, but, you know, COVID was obvi obviously a terrible thing but I think a lot of people took a lot of positives out of it you know yeah, the, where right. they evaluated their lives and um, you know decided what's important to them and just you know took an in-depth look at themselves and I associated that with guiding as well and this is where India comes into it where it was my first time to India hosting guests okay yeah. I was hosting with one of my colleagues Johan and he had been there before so he knew what to expect and he would prep me as to what happens when and all of that kind of thing but what i really loved about it was visiting a place for the first time and not really knowing what to expect yeah and being able to see a place the way my guests would see it the way that you've seen monopools now it's your, yeah. your first trip to monopools and india was like that for me it, it was just that realization of how impressive a place is when you see it the first time yeah and then you come back to minor pools and i mean i've been here multiple times and you 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 have a different way of thinking and a different way of looking at 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 the area that you're in i mean this is one of my favorite destinations and it's, it's absolutely beautiful but you come back here and you, you just sit and you think okay well what is it about this place that i really really love oh the first time i drove through remember when we landed it was very dense vegetation and yeah. you then suddenly it's almost like there's a borderline and it's just this magnificent open floodplain and i came here for the first time 2015 2016 and i just remember driving in and coming through and seeing that big open floodplain and just it was incredible yeah um so i i try and remind myself of the first like those 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 small magic moments it doesn't always and I tell people this all the time on safari, it's not all about the big moments. It's, a, it's also about the little moments. You know, yeah. you don't have to be seeing an elephant standing on its hind legs, but driving through these floodplains and just seeing everything go about their daily business, it's, it's, it's really incredible. And it's those small moments that I think a lot of people sometimes overlook um, because you focused on, on seeing specific things. But I think, um, I think you know what I mean because you and Sue are the same. Yes. We wanted to see the painted dogs, the African wild dogs, and we wanted to see an elephant standing on the back legs. And yes, we've seen that, but you guys were pretty much happy with anything and everything that came along. Exactly. And that's the best approach to have for a safari. Yeah. 
So yeah, so it looks like when we were in the Murrow. Yeah. Like we went there for the Great Migration and we didn't have like a big wildebeest crossing. Yeah. Which is the reason why we went there. Yeah. And yeah, we're disappointed that we didn't get one. Yeah. But it's wildlife. Exactly. And this also gives us a reason to come back. That's true. Because we didn't see one the first time we were here either. <laughs> so the next so, time I'm not going to be your guide because that's going to be a lot of pressure. <laughs> no, but but the thing is, you still enjoyed the Mara for a number of other reasons. Exactly. Like, I it's mean, beautiful there. Yeah. And yeah. I think, like, like, like for, for us there, so so us wild eye we've, we've got a semi-permanent camp there we we have it for five months of the year it's we've got a shoulder season on either side of the great migration but i think for me you know i'm fortunate in that i spend five to six weeks of the year there mm-hmm. obviously at different times normally two weeks at a time um and yes the migration is great but what really stands out to me there and even you look you look at the staff here is how willing people are to tell you about their culture, whether it's through sitting one-on-one with Dixon in our Mara camp and having a chat with him or listening to him around the fire or watching them dance here last night, which was absolutely beautiful. It's not, they're not doing it because it's their job and they have to do it. You can see they're passionate about what they're doing. They've got smiles on their faces, whether it's standing around the fire in the Mara or whether it's sitting here on the deck watching the guys dance, they're laughing at each other. And they're joking and they, they really enjoy what they're doing and they enjoy showing off their culture yeah. so it's not just about the wildlife and what you see out in the field it's about embracing the culture the local culture and the local people yeah um, which makes it really really great cool yeah nice now what got you into photography so I think um, a big part of it comes from um, family uh, my dad my dad took a lot of film was, was into film photography yeah and um, I mean ever since I can remember we would do we would do a lot of trips as a family through this southern Africa so we would go through Namibia we would do Botswana Zambia Zimbabwe all of that kind of stuff and um, it was quite funny actually because my dad would have rolls and rolls of film and he would give us three so I'm one of three boys the youngest and he would give us for like a two-week holiday he would give us a spool of 24 photographs oh jesus so and it was like a disposable camera yeah and like that was just before us to to mess around with but i think what that that's what started it was you know trying to then see my dad do it see my dad the enjoyments that he got out of it and then it, it, at first when I was very very young it was just okay click 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 your camera's done okay enjoy the rest of the holiday kind of thing but as I started getting older with film you had to become more selective as to what photographs you were after especially when exactly. you only had like 24 photographs for now you can you can take how many photographs in a second I could take two rolls <laughs> per second exactly like <laughs> now, I, now I had a roll of film for two weeks holiday yeah so as I started to get older and I, my, my passion for wildlife and that started to increase my passion for photography did as well and as I got older myself and my middle brother Greg he's also big into photography now um, the oldest brother not so much but um, I think we were probably just at different ages when we when my when my, we moved to to the Kruger National Park side um, where as we started getting older then you know it was more discussions about like oh okay you what what what's your first photo gonna be like 
um, who's going to take the best photo on the trip kind of thing and um, then you, you, you kind of have an eye and as we would go along my dad would say you know just look at that scene look how beautiful it is whatever it would make a great photograph and slowly you start to begin to learn about photography how it works and um, I think from then on my passion for photography just grew as well and uh, when I when I started so, I mean I, I was I took for I've been taking photographs pretty much ever since I can remember and when I started guiding full-time for the first year I didn't take a photograph and the reason behind it was um, I wanted to focus on my studies and getting my qualifications and making okay. sure that my guests were happy. Yeah. Um, because it's 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 a very there's a very fine line and you'll see it when when we out here. I don't constantly take photographs when you guys are taking photographs as well because the thing is whether you're a full time guide or whether you're doing what I'm doing now, it's not about me. It's about you guys. Yeah. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Exactly. Um, so yes, it's nice to get the odd shot here and there, and it's great, but. At the end of the day, I want to make sure that you guys are getting great photographs. Um, so, for my first year of guiding, I didn't have a camera for that reason because I didn't want it to impact my guiding ability. Mm -hmm. I wanted to focus on getting the fundamentals of guiding right. Um, and then, you know, like I, I, I mean, I would have like a little point and shoot and things. And then I got into photography even more so after about a year, year and a half. And then I decided to save up money and invest in decent equipment. Okay. And um, I did that and then I picked up the camera. Well, I went and I bought it and I got home, unpacked everything, super excited, picked it up out of the box and I was like, shit, where do you even start? Like there's all the, all these <laughs> different things, yeah. these different, see so you're going through the menu system and you're like, okay, there's auto, great. But like, I didn't spend all this money just to shoot on auto. Yeah. Um, so I had like a little bit, I, I won't lie, there was moments where I was a, a, like, maybe you shouldn't have invested this much money in this much gear. Um, <laughs> but then I started to, to YouTube things and that's where YouTube's great, even now. Um, yeah. You know, you can find pretty much anything on YouTube. And when it came to, to the, the photography side of things, um, I was in the perfect place. I was a full-time guide in the middle of the bush with amazing op photographic opportunities and amazing ways to learn um, photography. Exactly. So a lot of it was trial and error and I would play around taking photographs, even in my garden at the lodge. I mean, the staff would walk past me and be like, Trevor, you photographing a wall. I'm like, yes, I am photographing a wall, but I'm learning. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I learn, you know? Yeah. So that when I have a situation out in the field, I understand exposure compensation and whatever, however things work. Um, so that when something happens in the field and it's exciting, I'm not overwhelmed in the moment and I, I mess up the shots and I learn from it. And it's, it's the same as, as what, I, what I say to a lot of people who just start photography is that, yes, you are going to take great photos and you're going to take very bad photographs. Yeah. And the, the important thing is that to understand the bad photographs, not to just delete them, um, but in that beginning phase to... to Instead of deleting them, think why is it a bad photograph? Obviously, if it's completely bl blurred, you know, okay, my focus was off. Yeah. But, you know, if the light wasn't quite right, or if your image is too dark or too light, why is it too light? What were your settings? You know, Lightroom's great. You can pull up all your settings. You can see what you were doing, and you can get an understanding of, okay, the reason it was dark was because of this, and all the reason it was light was because of that. In the next time I have a similar situation, 
this is what I need to do, this is the adjustments I need to make. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was was through that, and then um, I, d I did a few, well, two photography courses, um, which were really, really good, and then um, I finished up working as a full-time guide at a place called Londolozi, um, okay. which is a very luxurious, well-known lodge in, in South Africa, um, and we had a, a thing called, well, we had an, a department called the Creative Hub, and what this was was like a, a photo studio so we had big macs and um not the burger of course <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had a rental department and i was one of five guides out of 21 guides at the time who took photographs and we would take photographs and write blogs and we would then also in our spare time we because we've all got different photographic eyes as well oh yeah, um, yeah. and i mean there's the, the beauty of photography is there's no right or wrong way to do it exactly and we all have our, our different methods and um we would go out into the field together and we would take photographs and then we would chat about our photographs and you learn from other people and you get ideas from other people and um that's where i think you know looking now you, we've we've got social media and all of that you know you look at instagram for example there's thousands of wildlife photographers on there which yes. is great um but i often tell people you know scroll through them get an idea of if you, you know you often find yourself just scrolling through different pictures or different photographers work and then you'll stop on an image but i often tell people why did you stop on that image yeah take time to identify what that photographer did that made you stop mm -hmm. and then you'll never be able it's, it's not to say that you're going to copy that photographer especially with wildlife photography you're never going to have the same scenario twice you might have an elephant standing on its back legs two days in a row but the lighting's going to be different the area might be different it's not going to be feeding on the same tree it's yeah. different conditions there's different elements so you can never recreate what someone else has done but you can get an idea of how someone else may have captured the image to portray their subject the way that made you stop your feed and have a look at that picture yeah if that makes sense yeah so yeah so it's, it's been a great journey i absolutely love it um i think it's it's also for me um I was telling you, talking earlier about how I'm not always <clears throat> taking photographs as well. You know, it's one, it's about your experience, but two, I also don't want to disconnect myself from my surroundings. Um, okay, yeah. So, you know, I've had photographers where um, I had, for example, I had, I had a, a, a guest join me when I was still a full time guide for four or five days and he got off the airplane and he was like right Trevor I want to see a leopard in a tree I want to see a male lion drinking water I want to photograph lions at night with a spotlight and I was just like sorry what I'm, I'm Trevor firstly like he just dished out this order yeah and the first morning we went out and my tracker and I we were sitting in the car park um, now, Track is a guy who sits on the front of the vehicle um, he looks for tra there's an elephant walking yeah. past now well there's a two of them coming as well nice like a big one and a little one but yeah so the tracker sits on the front and he looks for tracks he's also got amazing hearing and you know he's just there to help you find animals and the one the first morning we were sitting in the car park and we heard leopards mating now to see leopards mating in the wild is super super rare yeah and um we i, I called the room i called the guests and i said to them okay guys there's so there's something going on please come as quickly as you can we want to see if we can find it 
they got to the car they're like what's going on they're like we we're like no we found well we can hear mating leopards um so we headed out we found these mating leopards and we spent probably about two hours with them and you know it, it, it wasn't photographically speaking we got a couple of good opportunities but they were in and out of dense vegetation by nature leopards are very elusive shy animals mm. um but we had this phenomenal sighting for two hours and my my, my tracker and i half-halved each other and we're like okay cool epic we're gonna head on out and give somebody else a chance and i turned around to him and i was like how epic was that he was like yeah it was okay but i didn't get any shots and that's where you like it was a moment like that that i often reflect on because there i feel like the photographer's taken it too far it's not about a passion for wildlife anymore yeah that now it's just about a photograph exactly um and you can i mean i'm sure you sure you can tell as well you can tell someone who's passionate about photography just through the images that they're taking yeah. as opposed to someone who's just taking photographs for the sake of taking photographs exactly. so I always try and keep that balance between taking a photograph of a great scene but also just putting my camera down even if it's for 5-10 minutes and appreciating what I'm seeing Yeah. so yeah cool alrighty so that's it for this episode of FDAP Photo Chat in Africa special thank you to Trevor for joining you're us welcome. on this one you're welcome and yeah that's it for us so toodaloo Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>